I'm sly, I can't get my headphone on over my big head. Alright, welcome to Divisive Issues, a controversial comic book podcast where the podcast isn't controversial. Well, for a lot of fans might find it controversial after this episode. <laughs> Well, they. This is. Um, and in case you haven't got it yet, uh, this evening we will be reviewing the Mark Millar classic, Wanted. The book, not the movie. Sure. Unfortunately. Is there a difference? Oh, I'm Joe, by the way. I'm sorry. You all know who I and am. I'm Ryan Lynch. This could be somebody's first. R- Ryan episode. keeps insisting on this, but I'm like. That's what you do. That's how radio works. <laughs> anyway, we're live here from the Josiano Studios. <laughs> Have you ever listened to a podcast, Joe? What's a podcast? <laughs> Wait, we're recording this? Oh, fuck. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, let's just dive right into it. Um, <laughs> opening thoughts um, about The Wanted. So Would elevator you... pitch us first, Sly. Yeah. Elevator pitch of Wanted is, this guy, there's a guy who's a total fucking loser named Wesley Gibson. In, like, the real world. In, like, the real world. He has a shitty job. His girlfriend's fucking his best friend. And he finds out that he's actually a supervillain. His dad was a supervillain. His dad's dead. And now he inherits all his dad's supervillain shit. And he's part of a supervillain cabal now. Yeah, and he didn't yes. know... And the world at large doesn't know that supervillains exist. And all the superheroes are dead, killed by supervillains. Yeah. And they've been dead for like 20 years. Yeah. 1986. Yeah. Which, we'll talk about that, yeah. I'm sure. So... Do you recommend this book, Ryan? I haven't seen the movie yet. From what I hear, the movie's way better. It is. I've seen the movie. Go watch the movie. There, I Spoilers have, for my recommendation. Go watch the movie. I have watched a lot of bo- movies based on Mark Millar books, and I have yet to find one that the book is better than. It's funny because Alan Moore, he's like the anti-Alan Moore, because Alan Moore's that movie adaptation is usually worse than the books. Mark Millar's are usually the opposite. He's like the yeah. anti-Alan Moore. Well, I mean, most movie adaptations are worse than the books. But it's, 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 it's funny how, how consistently worse the books are than the movies in Mark yeah. case. So I wouldn't really recommend this to anybody unless you like like really, really edgy books that are just edgy to be edgy, which some people like that. That's fine. If you're, if you're a teenager and you're... Yeah, if you're a teenage boy and you want like that cursing, edgy... Like, if, you, if you like a lot of homosexual slurs, uh, you yeah. like this book. So I, if you want to read like just like aggressively immature like supervillain violent stuff go right ahead what about you joe um i'm gonna recommend it because i i know you two i think are because you guys have read kick ass um so you've seen this side of mark millar before i have not seen this side of mark millar before <laughs> really and this is unlike anything i've ever read before in my life um so i can recommend it for that as long as you don't take it seriously see that's actually it's really interesting that you said that because i feel like with a lot of this Mark Millar book, like a lot of the Mark Millar like non-mainstream stuff. Yeah. I'm not saying this is good. Yeah, but, but like, I feel like when I first read some Mark Millar, like yeah. when I first read like Ultimates, which I actually do still really yeah. like, and when I first read like Kick-Ass, it had more of an edge that I was like, oh, wow, like this is pushing the envelope and stuff. But now I've read so much that it seems so derivative. Yeah. yeah, and I'm gonna compare it to some other Mark Millar stuff later in the show. Yeah, so so we've done Mark Millar before, but just to clarify, Civil War and Trouble are not really Mark Millar books. This is our first. They're Marvel real... books. Yes, that Mark Millar. This is our wrote. first creator-owned. Yeah, Mark this is this, this is a Mark Millar book. Yeah. This is Mark Millar written all over it. Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah. Like, I love Mark Millar's Marvel work. I love I... his DC work too. Red Sun is amazing. Yeah, 
Um, so this is the first independent thing that I read. Um, and all of, like, the great character work and nuanced, like, writing. Yeah. And even, even some of the fun, like, the fun of trouble. None of that is in this book. Yeah. This book is cursed. It's, like... It's, like, the first time you hear it... Funny enough, it's, like, the first time you hear Eminem. <laughs> Very appropriate. <laughs> who, one of the characters in this book is designed off of. It's the first time you hear Eminem, and you're like, oh, my God, he's he's cursing. He's so edgy. He's, yes, just like that. And then as it, the book goes on, it kind of loses the sharpness that it once had and where you once maybe like listen to it as like a great like maybe you listen to like you know not to bash one who likes Eminem but I kind of find his early stuff to be like oh this is great when I was you know in fifth grade and this all seemed edgy and stuff <laughs> and now that like now that I'm older I'm just kind of like yeah get over it stop cursing so like actually say something this is it's so weird where I feel like I read his mature stuff yeah and now, like, I felt like this... When does this come out? When 2008-ish? Did... Yeah, like, n- not that long so ago. So this was after his... Uh, this was after Civil War? Yeah. 2008. And and th- this is after his Spider-Man run, I think? Yeah. Yeah. So it it's almost... It feels like a bit of a regression, to be honest. I feel like with what Mark, with, what Mark Millar does is... He wants to kind of deconstruct comics and push the envelope really far. I like Alan Moore, ironically. Yeah, I like Alan Moore. But I feel like when... This is actually why I liked Civil War so much more when we did it on the show. Mm-hmm. Was because I that was one of my first Millar books. And then I read this stuff and I kind of projected some of his immaturities onto Civil War. That I was like, oh, it's more preachy and pushy. And then when I reread it, I was like, no, this is reined in. This is yeah. pretty actually, held back. I, I actually had the same issue. Like, I, ha- I had to readjust my evaluation of his Marvel DC work because I read Wanted before I read anything else. I read it before Civil War. So this this determined my interpretation of Mark Millar and I had to be more fair as I went on yeah. and realize, no, he's not like this all the time. He's like this when he's doing his own independent stuff. So one of the things that I want to talk about Mark Millar before we get to the book <laughs> because, you know, that's what the show's supposed yes. to be about. He is a writer. He is, I think he is the comic book writer who has had the most movie adaptations, right? Aside from yeah. Alan Moore, probably. Even Alan Moore has... Watchmen, From Hell. Oh, I forgot about From Hell. Lead of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. So, Millar's had... If if he doesn't have as many now, he will soon. Yeah. He writes a book, and I think the most recent book he wrote got a movie deal before it even came out. Like, he... And his movies are great. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying he makes the movies. Not the movies are great because of him. People make great movies based off what he wrote. Yeah, like, I I am not a fan of Kick-Ass, the book. I love the movie. I'm... Didn't like Kingsman at all, but the book, but the movie was one of my movies of the year. I it blew me away, and I heard here Wanted is great. It is great. Our previous co-host Ariel says it was one of her favorite movies when she first. Saw I it. agree with Ariel. Ariel, like I said in the previous episode, <laughs> she has a good head on her shoulders. I've never seen that movie, and one of the first questions I asked was, "How much of of this comic made it into that movie?" And the answer is barely any of it. So we'll talk about the movie later. Yeah. But uh, why do you think he makes such good adaptations? Because he has such good concepts. Like the yeah. concept of 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 Kickass is what if a superhero is like in real life, and he, and it was like a teen yeah Spider-Man type character that just went out and did it himself, and he got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. And what if how would real superheroes fight? Like hey girl, how how brutal would you have to be to actually be a superhero in real life? Yeah. And wanted this movie doesn't live up the concept. 
in the supervillain aspect, but that's a cool concept. The supervillains ruling the world aspect is cool. But the movie focuses more on the idea of what if you had a secret destiny and you're living your life wasting it away, and you and, and what do you have to choose? Would you give up your mundane life to live yeah. a more dangerous life? I think Millar has brilliant concepts. I think he's a really, really good plotter. And he's I we used to talk about this all the time. I don't know if we ever brought it up on the show, but there are a lot of writers that do their best work when they're kind of reined in. Yeah. I think the most main I think I think majority of writers. Yeah. The be. most mainstream example we give is George Lucas. Yeah. When he made the first four uh, the first three Star Wars movies, they're brilliant. And then when he was allowed total free control, the prequels happened. Well he was always allowed. I mean, there were his movies. But just, Empire he, wasn't directed by him. No, 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 that's what I meant though. Like he's always he's kind of always been the Buck stops here of Star Wars, but he wasn't making them by the original, yeah. the first three. He yeah, didn't yeah. make on his own. Yeah, he, he has other editors, he has yeah. other writers, yeah. he has other people. And I think Millar does really, really great concepts. He's a great plotter, but I think one of the biggest disappointments about a lot of his writing is he is not a good scripter or dialogue writer. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like his dialogue is so immature, and like when. I think if you took out his dialogue and somebody else scripted it, this could be a great book. But it comes out so... It, it's like it's written by a 12-year-old who's mad at his parents. <laughs> that he's like, yeah, well, you know what? Fuck you, Mom and Dad. I'm going to write whatever edgy stuff I want. And it almost feels like like Baby's First Punk Band kind of dialogue. <laughs> it's like, like, like Joe says, like an Eminem fan writing a book, I guess. Yeah, and it's it gets so in the way where I can't take any character seriously, even characters that have noble causes or intentions in any of his, like, edgier work, I can't like any of the characters. The characters I find insufferable, and their dialogue makes me, like, not want to hang out with them, let alone spend any time with them on the page. And he's one of those writers that works so well when he has somebody else telling him no. Yeah. Grant Morrison, we say that a lot about, too. I'm the biggest Grant Morrison fan here by a lot. His, some, most of his best work is when he has an editor being like, yeah. maybe that's a crazy thing you just did. <laughs> uh, so we should briefly mention J.G. Jones, who I don't know that well, but you guys do apparently. Okay, J.G. Yes. Jones is the artist on this he book, is. and I love his art. He did all the covers for Why Last Man, mm-hmm. he did all the covers for 52, and he did the first half of Final Crisis. First five? I think Yeah, I think yeah, the first, first five, five issues. issues. And the reason why I wanted to bring up Final Crisis briefly yeah. is because Final Crisis has a very similar theme of what if the villains won and ruled the world it's not as it's more of a superhero story set in a universe but it has the same kind of i kind of wish wish final crisis was more like this though i could see that (laughs) no i could see what you're saying no that was a joke oh i (laughs) know i I, I, I know okay no i meant i meant with like you know, like the edgy. <laughs> okay, I thought you meant like. So they'd be like, "Yo, yeah. fuck your shit, like Slufar." <laughs> I thought you meant like they yeah. fleshed out the world a little bit better. Ben <laughs> <laughs> no. is like, "Eat a dick, Joker." No, <laughs> yes, more more like what Sly said. Okay, right oh, never mind. Dark side with your your big shit head. <laughs> and I feel that JG Jones's penciling has a darker, edgier style without being like when we talk about like ruins, which is almost hard to follow and yeah. how dark it is. I feel like his penciling It's very gritty, like very it's, it's gritty but clean, if it, that yeah. makes any sense. No, absolutely yeah. that's perfect. And yeah. it, it feels very probably for like a, something that's that Millar probably expect to be adapted to a movie like yeah. along with other stuff. For a cinematic adaptation. Yeah. yeah. And same thing with Kingsman with Dave Gibbons. It Kingsman. looks like they're trying to make a movie out of this. And that's why I think his adaptations are so successful because stylistically they are there. Yes. And he works with Millar works with some of the best artists in yeah. the business. And I think J.G. Jones was a perfect fit for this book that I hated. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Get into this book. Yeah. So the book opens with with a perfect opening page. Yeah. So the book opens up with a woman fucking a guy, and this is important because the woman the woman having sex with this guy is the main character's girlfriend, and the guy she uh, she's having sex with is the main character's best friend. And you mentioned this earlier that Mark Millar has a cuckolding fetish. Yeah, a cuckolding. Can we, can we stop? <laughs> what? He, there's no way he's not have a cuckolding fetish. We can. Can we just? Here we go. Here, here comes the sly rant about the cuckolding. We talked about it already. We don't have to talk about it again. But here's another example of yeah. it. Here we go. So, uh, so this guy gets cuckolded. Coincidentally, n- nothing implied there. <laughs> So Wesley's the main character. Wesley's the main character. Wesley, what's his last name? Gibson. Gibson. He's he's, he's aware that his best friend is fucking his girlfriend, and he's kind of letting it happen. And but they think they're getting away with it. And he has a shitty job. Um, Do they ever say what his job is? Uh, assistant to the associate editor on Hypo Hypo. Oh, that's right. Today yep. he's on like a. It's like a hypochondriac magazine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and and uh, he says, "This is me taking shit from my African American boss," it's, which is very relevant that she's African American. Is it? Just because yes. she makes jokes about him being white later. Yeah. No, it's relevant because I he's pretty he's pretty racist. He is he's, pretty racist. Yeah. This yeah. this this guy's this Wesley's a piece of shit. Like, yeah, he has a shitty life, but he's also a piece of shit. So you don't feel bad for him. Yeah. Now, normally we add a lot of colorful, curse-ridden dialogue to these books. A lot. This, all, this will. This, no need here. No need here. Yeah. And speaking of, uh, uh, and speaking of uh, him being a racist, he, uh, a bunch of black guys harass him while he's walking from work. No, uh, I think they're Mexicans because they call he calls them like Chico's gang or something. Oh yeah, cholo fucks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my bad. He calls them cholo fucks. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's that's how nuanced this book is. I, I find Wesley Gibson's a weird character because he has like the role of a very nerdy, uh, stuck-up office guy. But he dresses in like a, uh, a uh, like a like a Eminem. Yeah, he looks like Eminem. Yeah, he's based on Eminem. He's and, purposely designed to look like Eminem. And he has an afro. What the fuck? Does he have an afro? Kind of. Cultural appropriation, bro. <laughs> the most racist thing in the mall. It's like, his hair is weird. I do It's like a looks like a uh, blooming onions at a party <laughs> or something like that. Uh, I would also like to point out at this point we get to learn his uh, usual sandwich, yeah. which sounds delicious. Salmon, crusted salmon over sourdough with mustard greens and wasabi mayonnaise. Sounds pretty good to he, me. He needs to prove that he's different from the herd. I really yeah. want Ryan to stop talking about sandwiches Sorry. on the podcast. I love sandwiches. The sandwich podcast. The Keep in the street. Two episodes. Let's see if you can make it three next week. So, and, and not, not only is he uh, harassed by these guys, when he comes home, this, this old guy sitting on the steps always says, Cheer up, Wesley. It might never happen, kiddo. He keeps saying that. What does that mean? Uh, I guess he's saying, cheer up about your life. You might, you might never become successful. What kiddo. might never happen? You're getting not a shitty life? I don't... He says it a lot. Yeah. I don't get it. But one thing... It's fine. A, he'll die anyways. <laughs> there's a lot of narration in this part. And is it supposed to make us feel bad for Wesley? I think it's supposed to, but you don't. You I really don't, don't at all, because he's an asshole. I don't. I think... I think this book is purposely designed. I think this is just a book about really shitty people. But as that's, how, that's how you could describe almost every <laughs> independent Mark Millar book. This is a shitty there, book about shitty people. But there like, you go. Who but am I like, supposed to root for? I, I don't know. I feel like you're just kind of supposed to enjoy the ride. The, well, I didn't. The only person I rooted for, <laughs> the only person I rooted for was the page count because I was like, this is almost <laughs> over. So uh, then he points out like his dad left him when he was 18, when he was 18 weeks old. Okay. Very and specific. He, and he says... They look into my baby blues and realize he just fought one of the most insignificant assholes of the 21st century and cut to his dad. 
And his dad's having a, oh, a gay yeah. orgy with these two guys. No, he's just filming it. He's just filming. He's it. watching and, and jerking. I think. Yeah, yeah. They, says, no, they say you can jerk off. We don't okay. get to see him jerk off. He, he okay. says we don't get that privilege. Yeah. And he has to pay up front if yeah. he wants to join. Yeah, in. so yeah. he's paying them. Yeah, he to says fuck in front of him while he films it, yeah. and they say if you want to touch us, you gotta give us more money. And he's like, nope. Up front though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, he's like, I'm not a homosexual. Understand? In fact, I've met over five thousand women in my fifty-eight years. It's quite the opposite, I believe. I just this was... is way too classy for this for the scene of him in a creepy. No, role. I love it. Uh, Sean Connery, read away. <laughs> I just I just like to do this gay thing every other year to whet my appetite for pleasure of the fairer sex. There's nothing like the perfumed touch of a woman after twelve months of heaving, sweating man flesh arriving between one's sheets. You know. So he like he's so straight that he fucks dudes. Yeah. Okay, and the guy uh, and, checks out. And like the guy says, like, it's cool if you want to just get yourself off, but if you want to change your mind and want to touch us and stuff, uh, the voice the makes it sound like he's a little boy. These are adults. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're adults. <laughs> the thing is, this, I think, is indicative of Millar's views on a lot of things, where he... His views on sexuality are so like a 13 year old boy yeah. where like he uses a lot of homo like homophobic slurs later on and I feel like he's saying like this guy is so like sexed up so sexed up that like how decadent that he like likes to watch men have sex and yeah. like it's so what a sophisticated gentleman so uh, but before they start their, their gay sex thing a sniper starts shooting them through the window and kills the two gay guys and almost kills uh, Wesley's dad. Wesley's yeah. Wesley's Mr. Dad. Wesley. Oh yeah, we didn't know he was Wesley's dad at this point. Yeah. And, Whatever. And Wesley says, Motherfucker! Can't a man ever even aspire to an orgasm without getting shot these days? Is that is that a problem that 21st century people have? <laughs> Write us in and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> if you get shot at every time you're about to get off, deviceofissues at gmail.com. <laughs> so then, um, uh, Wesley's dad has like... Uh, Spider-Man jumping skills. He can jump from rooftop to rooftop. And he's not a fit man. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a fat old man, dude. Also, speaking of which, he actually has Spider-Man boots on. Reference. Uh, does he? Yeah, he does. He has Spider-Man shoes on. With webbing. What? Who put this out? This was Top Cow, right? Yeah, Top yeah. Cow and okay. Sasha Image. So okay, great. They both deserve the credit for this. And uh, so he does this with Spider-Man shit and, and jumps from the rooftops and kills the, rest, kills the guys that are snipering him. Kills one of them. He kills a group of them. He kills three of them, and there's one left. Okay. And and uh, he's like, "Oh, do you know who you're fucking with? You're fucking with the killer." And um, who sent you, dickwads? Who the fuck are you, people? And he's like, and the guy's like, "Just the decoys, man. Just the motherfucking decoys." And uh, what's his dad gets shot in the head. And it is, it is. You see blood and guts everywhere. Yeah. Like yeah. it's pretty brutal. So yeah, he gets sniper from far away, and it turns out uh, at the funeral they talk about, and they say whoever shot him. Shot, no, shot. Wesley's not at this funeral. Yeah, Wesley's just a bunch of new Wesley, characters. Wesley's not know about all this yet. He just know. He just he thinks he's still this fucking loser at this uh, hypochondriac newspaper bullshit. Yeah. And uh, people at the funeral are talking about it, and all these just weird looking guys. Like one guy has like blue skin with like white hair. Yeah. And they, they're like, how, how the fuck did they kill the killer? And basically, they talk about how there's a sniper far away from like two miles away, and he managed two, two towns cities. away. Two towns away. Yeah. And. And they're and they're and they're, they're like who who could it be and uh... and this is when I found it weird because I didn't know the premise of the book I didn't know anything and I thought it was just gonna be like one of those like kick ass like grounded in realism and it's just like yeah, now there's all these blue people and like weird looking aliens and then they're talking about people getting shot from like miles and miles and miles away and I was like oh I guess this has like crazy fantasy elements I guess I don't know uh, so. 
it turns out that Wesley is, is uh, going to get the inheritance from uh, his dad's death. And meanwhile, Wesley's still a fucking loser. He bitches about his girlfriend, fucking his best friend again. And um, and then he goes to get some coffee. Actually, he goes to get, he goes to get his traditional sandwich. And, and that, sourdough. Uh, sesame <laughs> crusted <laughs> salmon. <laughs> and uh, he, goes to get sa- he goes to get a sandwich. And Halle Berry shows up. Uh, a woman drawn like Harry Belly. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. <laughs> oh, my favorite brand of cereal. Halle Berry. <laughs> so she shows up and... She's uh, she's like you should, you should cancel that order, uh, Jared, cause my friend here ain't gonna have time to masticate over sourdough this afternoon, and Eminem's like, excuse me, <laughs> Eminem aka Wesley Gibson, and uh, she's like, oh you have to come with me, and he's like I'm not coming with you, and he's like oh yeah you're fucking are, she shoots everyone, she kills in- everyone in the deli, yeah she kills everyone all in the, the deli. deli. All the deli, all the time. Everyone's dead. Except Wesley. Yeah, and she's like, now get into the fucking car while I still got this little Miss Patient smile on my face, asshole. You and me got a motherfucking business appointment. And uh, she's like, oh, uh, your days of being uh, uh, a bitch are over, basically. <laughs> yeah, she basically says, like, you're done being a piece of shit, asshole. Yeah. It's time to be a badass piece of shit, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it brings her to this, this the big uh, warehouse place. They go down to the lower floor. And they talk about, oh, now you're part of the motherfucking fraternity, bitch. I'm not exaggerating the fucking slurs because this yeah. book is very fucking slur heavy. Yeah. And That's like what we said. All the dialogue is so over the top. Yeah. They talk about, how you're, oh, yeah, your dad's dead and stuff like that. And, and he didn't even know they knew his dad. And now they're like, he's like, you know my dad? And she's like, well, he's dead now. Yeah, he's dead. Don't get too excited. Yeah. yeah. Don't get too excited, honey. He got fucked in the face last week by an unknown government. Yeah, that's like... Even, like, instead of shot, he got fucked in the face <laughs> by a gunman. Yeah. Great. And they say, oh, yeah, he was one of the greatest supervillains of all time. And and Wesley Gibson's like, supervillains? Are the guys from the Batman movies, those lame TV shows? So, yeah. Basically, he knows supervillains and superheroes as comic books and movies. And yes. they're saying it's real. Yeah. Yeah. And it's they, all real. And they pass a guy called Fuckwit. And they, it's just bizarro. And they yeah. say, I hope you ain't gonna let us see the preface or anything, big man, because that's the absolute last thing I want to do right now. And he's like, that's okay, Miss Fox. Not only you not want to go to Professor's Lab, but fuck with not let you into Professor's Lab. And he opens the door for her. So it's like a bizarro yeah. has his backwards dialogue. Well, all the villains in this camp are just Superman ripoffs. Yeah. 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 I, think, I think they're homages. Except, except he's called Fuck No, because like, Mark Millar. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> you, you know what I meant. Yeah. Every, and I, I know what you meant. <laughs> everyone's a Mark Millar version of a Superman villain or Diamond villain. Yeah. Yeah. So they meet um, this nerdy scientist guy named Professor Solomon Seltzer. And, and he has like time travel boots and he's talking about the multiverse and all this crazy shenanigans. Yeah, and he's like, oh, now you got all your mo- all the more money than you ever wanted because your dad. And your dad's a fucking badass piece of shit and you're going to be a badass piece of shit. But first you have to... Um, Shoot the wings off these flies. And he's like, I've never been in a fight before. I've never shot a gun before. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, and Holly Berry, the fox, uh, puts a gun to his <laughs> and head. And she has, like, little fox ears. Yeah, yeah, which is a really lame costume, by the way. Like, she's a fucking badass villain, but she has fucking fox ears on. She puts a gun to uh, Wesley's head. And There's says, a person made a poo-poo show off of this story. <laughs> Listen, I think I think she has it okay. Uh, he's he's one of the best characters. Y- in the yeah, I, I know. <laughs> she says, shoot the, shoot the wings off the fucking flies, Wesley. On the count of three. And Wesley's like, Jesus Christ, Fox, for fuck's sakes. And she just starts counting down, and he just shoots the wings off the flies. Yeah, so he, like, his impulse, his, like, instinct kicks in, and he's a natural. Yeah. And he's like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? And uh, Solomon's like, isn't it obvious? 
The answer to all your problems, Wesley. End of issue one. Called Bring On The Bad Guys. Bring on the bad guys. And I bring the uh, titles up because issue two is called Fuck You. Yeah, right off the bat. Yeah. It's just fuck you. I mean, how'd you guys feel after that issue one? I was... I didn't hate it. Yeah. I was like, here's a premise that could be interesting. Let's see where they go with it. The only thing is, like I said before, it's so hard for me to read this dialogue and give a shit. Because, like... Because they're always so aggressively cursing and the language is so aggressive... Yeah. I can never tell when people are angry or excited. Like, I feel like... <laughs> you can't tell tone. You can't tell tone, exactly. Like, because everyone seems... Like, you, when you were doing the voices and stuff, even, like, it was hard to tell, is she screaming at him that he has to do it, or is she being condescending that he has to do I it? I assume she was being condescending. Yeah, see, I took it as she was, like, screaming at him. You can't tell because the language is always ramped up to 11. <laughs> So, uh, next issue opens with Wesley living his shit life, thinking about whether he wants to do it. So, this is, it, it reminds me of the Matrix where it's like the red pill, white, uh, red pill, blue pill, and then he wakes up and he's back trying to readjust to his everyday life, thinking, like, was that a dream kind That's of a thing? That's a really good point. This is very reminiscent of the Matrix yeah. in a bad way, because the Matrix is so much better than this. Oh, yeah. But, um, did, that, did that have to be said? <laughs> but, um, well, I think it's a toss up, personally. <laughs> so, um, he's like, I want to be a supervillain, Fox. I want you to teach me how to be the bad guy. He's already a supervillain. Yeah, well, he went back villain. to work so he yeah. could have this realization. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to not go back to life that he explicitly states he hates a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. No, and, he's, he's already a terrible person. That's, he, like, I think. Like, yeah. yeah. So, his first time being a supervillain is throwing all the papers in the air, being, fuck you, you fucking asshole. She says, this is a test. Yeah. You have to get rid of your, li- your life by cursing off everyone at your job yeah and is this where the boss makes the joke to him where he's on he's on yes. his computer and she's like what are you doing are you on klukluxclan.com d- d- or whitesmalldicks.com and I actually <laughs> laughed at that I thought that was a pretty good joke <laughs> Mark Miller can make a pretty good joke once yeah. in a while yeah. so then it cuts to Wesley's training and there are no repercussions for him telling everyone to fuck off. Yeah. Like, you don't even see it on the page. Everyone's just, like, surprised, and then he's outside. So, uh, basically, the train, he has to shoot corpses in a shooting gallery. He has to cut up a bunch of livestock. Because he says, like, he, you know, is one of those guys that, like, passes out when, like, there's a fight. So they're easing him into it by yeah. having him do target practice on dead bodies to see, like, what bone splatters look like. Yeah. He's a vegan and a vegetarian, so he has to, they go to a slaughterhouse and he has to butcher cows. Yeah, and, uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised that they made him so... Because, you know, he's... He's really a jerk. In I know. This story. That's what I mean. Like, 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 I don't know why they're trying to like. Not, not that like being a vegan and stuff is like being like a like a wuss or anything, but they try to make him like this shy, timid, like. Well, or later give, on they talk or give about... that impression. But he's not. He's always an asshole. That's what I meant by when I said they make him seem like a weaselly, nerdy office guy. Yeah. At the same time, he looks like Eminem. He dresses in, in, yeah. in, in, in and rapper And later outfits. on, he talks about all his empathy that he's trying to get rid of, and we don't see any of that. Like, And I think that all comes from the dialogue. He just is a dick. Yeah. And if it was scripted by somebody else, he could come off as more like like a, like Neo in The Matrix, yeah. where he was much more like, yeah, he did like computer hacking and stuff because it was 1999 and that's what you did. But like... <laughs> It's he a trend, came, right? Yeah, he came off a lot more like you understand his struggle more yeah. than this guy who's just a piece of shit who wants to be a bigger piece of shit. And he's saying, I wasn't a piece of shit, but you were. You were yeah. a piece of shit. <laughs> so uh, one, of the, one of the training arguments is he just gets punched in the face by a massive dude. And Fox says, how else are you going to lose this faggoty fear of getting punched in the face, huh? And this is the first of many. Yeah. But I actually first. think this premise is cool that... 
to make him fearless when he fights people, they just keep beating the shit out of him yeah. until a punch means nothing. I think yeah. that's a cool idea. Then, then they finally, uh, one day they, after he's getting getting shit, shit kicked out of him by this guy, they finally untie him, and he says, "Fuck you, dick cheese," and he fucking stabs the guy. Yeah. So this guy's training him, and he kills him. He yeah. stabs him through the head. The fox says, well, you definitely got your old man's knack for improvisation, Wesley. How are you feeling over there? Sick? Nauseous? Racked of guilt over your first human kill? And Wesley's like, how do I feel? Like I just fucked Madeline Monroe without a condom. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> what? And then they have... And him. he says that... He talks about how the first time's the hardest. Yeah. It gets easier, but it wasn't... E- it gets harder to not want to kill all the time. And we've been with this guy for an issue. Now he's saying how he wants to kill everyone all the time, and he's yeah. still supposed to be our protagonist? Yeah. Yeah. And the next issue is him just murdering people. He snipers people on the street. He chokes... Uh, 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 he chokes people that, that reject him in past life. Like a girl said no to mm-hmm. him when he was younger. He goes to her house and strangles her. Um, and the reasons why he kills these people get less and less and less. Yeah. But like first it's like people that were mean to him, girls yeah. that rejected him, and then it's just like some guy that like accidentally bumped into him or yeah. something. Does he rape someone? Yeah, he yeah says, and he rapes he says, somebody. He says, "Can you believe I raped an A-list celebrity and didn't even make the news?" This is not the only time he rapes somebody in yeah. this book. Yeah. They talk about it and they do it so offhandedly and casually that like at this point, this is when I was like, "Oh, I hate this book. How is this our hero?" I I never thought he was. But I need somebody to be emotionally invested in to continue the plot. I, I just want to talk about this for a second because there are plenty of stories where a bad guy is our protagonist and our yeah. hero. Usually, a lot of times it's a, it's a character of code of honor yeah. or a character that's more likable than the villains. I guess you could kind of say that here, but so no. barely so. It's no, so barely so. Not. No. But if they Usually act a, like a, it a, is. A good evil versus evil story is you have lesser evil versus greater evil. Yeah. yeah. Whereas. I, I don't think he's lesser evil. I just think he's equal evil. I'd say he's more evil. I, we'll I get... actually agree more with the bad guy's story than with the evil Yeah, wrestling. me too. I'll get to, we'll get to that when we talk about who the actual evil is. But I'm not even necessarily saying that our, that our protagonist has to be a hero or has to be good or even has to be morally questionable. But they have to give me a character that I find interesting enough to want to see what happens. It's, it's not a character of motivations or strong incentives. Strong... Yeah. He's a character who just wants to do whatever he wants. He's basically, he is like the asshole. He's that... wish fulfillment. Yeah, he's wish fulfillment. Like, yeah. He is like... A really sick wish fulfillment. Yeah. He's just not... There's. I was so... At this point, during this montage of him murdering literally random strangers on the street and raping people casually, I was like, I I really hope he dies at the end. And yeah. he doesn't. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> yeah, so then he says... Uh, we're, just, we're spoiling the shit out of the later part of this Who gives a shit? So, so he murders the fucking guys who... <laughs> The, the fucking Trulos, as according to Is him. he ever really in danger of dying in this no, book? Not, no, no, no. Um, I, I don't think so. No. no. So that's not a, that's an anti-spoiler. Yeah, so uh, he beats up the, the, guy, the Hispanic guys that harassed him before. He murders them. Then he says, fuck you to his girlfriend. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm dumping you. He and also I, says, yeah, I, I murdered. He tells her that he murdered his best friend because he knew she was fucking him and he cut him up and threw him in a dumpster. Yep. Yeah, and, and she doesn't believe him. She like, thinks he's joking. Like, like, like ha ha. Like, we're talking about you breaking up with me. Come on, let's be serious. She's basically just like, you're just a big pussy and you're only saying this so you don't have to deal with the commitment because I wanted to have a baby at one point with yeah. him that's like super casually thrown in there. Yeah, and he's, and he's just like, fuck you, Lisa. And she's like, what? You heard me. Fuck you. I'm sorry, but it's really that simple. And he walks out, meets the old man, and the old man says, Cheer up, Wesley. It might never happen, kiddo. And Wesley shoots him in the face saying, Fuck you too, old man. <laughs> Fuck everybody. And he drives off. Yeah, and like, cool, I guess. Yeah. Cool. This, this is a great character. Cool, good follow. character. 
So he gets his dad's outfit, which is like this. He actually has a bitchin' outfit, but um... I think a lot of the designs in this book are really good. Yeah, I yeah. know you don't like the fox costume. I'm not defending that it's costume. Just, it's just a fucking yeah. ears. Yeah, but a lot of the villain designs are super cool, and because they're not the focus. Because this is a world where supervillains exist and there's no heroes, it's kind of really cool seeing like the bombastic costumes just in like a realistic setting, but like not in a combat setting at all, just kinda like when they're hanging out. Yeah. And it's I I've, that aspect is really cool to me. So then they meet the uh, they have a big uh, villain show up show, uh, show Gathering of the Five. Gathering of the Five where they basically show off the new costume and the new killer. Uh, Wesley's dad's called was called the killer, now Wesley's called the killer. Yeah. Which is a very unimaginative villain name. But, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, oh, and, and fuckwit is. It's true. Real. It's just an improvement over the killer, and um, <laughs> so uh, then they meet the villain called uh, Mr. Ruckus, Mr. Rectus, Mr. Rectus. R- yeah. But um, so Mr. Rectus. Uh, Mr. Butkus. Mr. Butkus is, he's, he looks like a skeleton with uh, these cool red sunglasses on, and he kind of looks like the Red Skull with red sunglasses. Yeah, and, or black mask, or black mask. Yeah, and, and we're going for the bad animosh. And basically, um, people believe he killed Wesley's dad. And he's kind of a dick to Wesley, and, and everyone's like open about it. Like he, he's pretty. I'm pretty sure he killed your yeah. dad. Yeah, he used to. His dad used to work for him and his gang, and then he went solo. Yeah. So uh, he, a, he, he defected over to. Oh yeah, Solomon, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Right. Over to Solomon Seltzer, the guy that yeah. Wesley's the professor. The, or the guy yeah. that m- m- mentoring. This is called the professor. Yeah, yeah. The professor. Professor X. Professor X. <laughs> professor Sex. Uh, <laughs> So, um, and basically, uh, Rectus was pissed off because he was, he was, he, when they divide, basically what happened was all the superior, super villain, let me start over. Is this when they explain the world? Yeah. They explain all the superiors teamed up and fought, uh, all, all the superiors. Do you want me to take this slide? Take this in, please. Okay. So this is when they do the whole big exposition dump on this world. In 19, there was always superheroes and supervillains for decades and decades. And in 1986, all the villains got sick of getting beaten. So instead of just doing like casual team-ups, they all got together in prison throughout the world and they made a giant army of supervillains. So like every Batman villain, every Superman villain, every Flash villain all teamed up and basically systematically killed every superhero. Yeah. And then using their... I actually thought this was really cool. They were talking about like their mystical imps, like mm-hmm. Mr. Mixapolitic from yeah. Superman, and like all these like crazy, quirky supervillain concepts, like these mad scientists. And they said, "Well, we, when we all worked together, we had magic and science. We created a machine that basically reshaped reality to suit us, where they took all the heroes, lobotomized them, and made them like you know old, washed-up actors, and like they were." like paralyzed and all this stuff and basically made them like useless and mind wiped everyone so that they thought this was the way the world always was allowing them to run the criminal empire basically yeah. run the whole world behind the scenes yeah and f- and five uh, main supervillains run everything and Professor is one of them and Mr. Rictus is one of them yeah. but Mr. Rictus is bitter because when they divide up the countries he got Australia and he wanted to get America and I actually find this premise and concept really really cool because what it's supposed to be is a satire that 1986 is when comics got dark and gritty yeah and they're saying like well what if we took that to the realistic extreme that a villain started actually being like smart serial killers they could easily take out these like super moral compass characters that are uncompromising yeah and this is when I was like, I see why someone wanted to make a movie out of this. This is interesting. Even though me. the movie does not use this concept at all. But I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, I was <laughs> like, I could see this is a cool idea. 
And basically, there's... I can see why they greenlighted the movie when they read this comic, and yeah. then they said, maybe we should not do supervillain stuff, because it's kind of weird. Yeah, but uh, I thought I, that I was I can't really cool. see why anyone greenlit this a movie based on... That's why I was so... As like, my friends were just like, what made it in? Because like, I can't imagine anyone ever reading this and being like... We should make a movie of this. I, I like to yeah. imagine this was a top at the sales charge. And one studio head was like, this is a hot new ticket. we yeah. got to make this our movie, see? Also, and the director read it and was like, let's do the first five pages and nothing else, yeah. basically. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. At this point in 2008, was the, like, independent publisher, like, six-issue miniseries, one story, was that a super common thing? It wasn't I feel common. like this was, like, the beginning of the, like, movie format. Yeah, and this was, like, when uh, Al Moore stuff was being adapted, like, like, yeah, so I could see why they would be looking to publishers like Vertigo and Top Cow and be like, let's. Yeah, let's I, I, look I can into see this. that. I can't see why they picked this. Yeah. I, I can see that too. So, so I should... mean, I agree with you. Yeah. And then he reveals that the professor is sentimental and he kept Superman's presumably cape. Superman's cape, which Superman's is never cape. mentioned again in this whole book. Yeah. But showing. And this page is actually. I'm really uh, like mad that it doesn't get mentioned again because I think this concept's really cool that the supervillain is the sentimental one yeah. for like the way things used to be, which is kind of unexpected given this world. And I actually thought that this page was almost powerful. Almost. Almost. <laughs> that ends issue two. This issue, I actually thought this issue, the second half of this issue was probably my favorite part of the whole book. I agree, actually, yeah. So issue two ends. I don't know if I have a favorite part of this book. It's my least not least <laughs> least favorite part. No, I thought this premise was really cool. This exposition dump, I was really into actually. So, yeah. so, so issue three begins and it's called Super Gangbang. Yeah, yeah. And it opens with uh, all the supervillains basically went to another parallel universe with uh, superheroes that are still alive, and basically they murder all the superheroes here. And well, they're there for a trophy. They're there for a trophy. Uh, and this is Wesley's first time out in the field, I believe. Yeah. And they're there to get a kryptonite, co- uh, a condom. radiation condom. I was about to say kryptonite. It's kryptonite. It, it's pretty much kryptonite. <laughs> it's basically a kryptonite condom. Yeah. But it's a yeah, it's kryptonite condom, and basically they kill a bunch of superheroes, and then they have to, but uh, they get overwhelmed and they have to make it back to uh, their world. And um, and Wesley like kicks ass and with his crazy pinpoint superpower accuracy. Yeah, and also uh, it turns out I think Fox. This is when they reveal Fox and him are having sex. Yeah. She says. Take it, uh, so there's presumably a time jump here. Yeah, basically, uh, Wesley asks her for help while they're fighting, and she says, "Take it easy, you little faggot. You really think I'm gonna lose the life support for that penis I've been using lately?" Yeah, and I just, not only like I know I'm biased because I, I personally, I'm a life support for a penis. I think faggot is the worst language in the entire, and the worst word in the entire English language. I hate it so much. I think it's the second worst. I, I said the worst. <laughs> yeah. So you know, like. I cringe every time, but like it's really hard to explain the dialogue without using how cringeworthy this, you have this to. language is. Because it's like, it's so... I, we can't talk about two... If we were to keep this podcast clean, we can't talk about two of the character names in this book. Yeah. And it's so... It's just so, like, macho, obnoxious. It's tasteless. It's, tasteless. it's everything that I hate about fiction. Like, there is a yeah. certain type of fiction that I cannot stand, and it is this book. Through yeah. and through. So, um... Or this dialogue. But this dialogue is this book, though. I know. <laughs> so, I'm not defending the book. I'm yeah. saying, like, there are cool concepts. I don't want to... I don't... There's, there's some things in here that I like, but most of it is bad. We have to learn a, bit, a little bit about the Dollmaster guy. He has, like, dolls that can take, come alive. He, like, and, makes robots. and Yeah, they're, like, dolls. He's, uh, he's the toy maker. Yeah, yeah, toy maker. And... You know, from super mainstream popularity, the toy maker. And I wanted to clarify, um... <laughs> no, from, from, uh, from Supergirl. Is he in that? I believe so. 
That's awesome. There you go. I love the toy maker. Yeah. So, um, just to clarify, not only do supervillains run the world, basically, uh, the police and everyone, like, if, if they try to hassle one of the uh, supervillains, they say, I'm a member of the fraternity, get the fuck out of my face. And the police are like, oh, yeah, oh, the fraternity, I have to get out of here. Yeah, so, so nobody in this world knows about supervillains, but every person in any kind of authority knows about the fraternity? Yeah. That's, yeah. That raises questions for me of that, how this world works. That concept's not in the movie, thank God. Good. Yeah, that's the, that's the fun part. Like, I figured, like, you know... In this world, you'd be like higher government people know, but like literally, they run to a beat cop. Yeah, know, like, on the street. What a terribly kept secret. Yeah, yeah, and also, why is this book called Wanted? I don't know. Okay, he's not wanted like at all. No, no, Nobody he's wanted wants for one page. For um, one page. For it's like an issue. Yeah, we're selling a short. Even right? then, an issue determines the name of the entire book. And even then, that's an issue later, like way later. Usually, you establish the the title and premise pretty early. Well, it's wanted. not like you picked up a Harry Potter book and in the second to last chapter they're like, by the way, here's this guy Harry Potter. <laughs> well, he's wanted by the fraternity. For like a, a pay, but he issue. also is wanted. I'm like, fucking with you. <laughs> oh. but, uh, so I bring up the doll maker because basically uh, he has a normal life and his family doesn't know he's a doll maker and he wants to keep it that way. He wants to be able to go back to his regular life. And he brings Wesley over as like his yeah. like business associate. Because his wife thinks that he's, he's going around cheating on him. And see, even this, even this scene where he's a supervillain, he was in the other reality, it was three weeks and in, in our world it was only one day. So, uh, no, switch those. They were in the other, reality, the other reality for a day. Here it's been three weeks so his wife thinks he's cheating on him. This could be an interesting premise of like how does this supervillain cope with the double lifestyle? Because we never really yeah. see that in comics. The Dollmaker is a much more like a, like a character than Wesley. He yeah. should have been the main character. Yeah. Dol- he was my favorite character in this. Yeah. Book. I think yeah. he is the best character. By a lot. But like we always see the superhero coping with his like dual identity. His dual identity. We never really see a supervillain like yeah. that. And in this, I would have loved to see that more. But even he walks in, and in front of their little kids, the woman, the his wife goes, "Is that? Are you gonna tell me about that bitch you were fucking? Is that why he's here?" And I'm like, even I should feel sympathetic for her, she's or I'm interested in this. And now she's an asshole who's yeah. like saying all these horrible things in front of their little baby kids. Yeah, like Mark Millar can't even get me to care about this family. So um, then they have a big summit with all the the, the big five, the leaders of the, the supervillains. Yeah. The, uh, then they meet with another uh, member of the five, and they give him the kryptonite condom. And it's basically the other other guys. He brought it as a nostalgic present. And he's yes. like, "Those are very happy memories." And he's like, "Thank you for this." And that nostalgia basically makes him remember that. Uh, the good old days, and he wants to keep things the way they are. Because basically, Rictus proposes that they go public and become supervillains, like public supervillains fucking shit up. He likes the rush of being on the paper front page about like him robbing banks and yeah. killing people. He doesn't like this whole secret society yeah. stuff. Here's yeah. the thing, though. Like, what is he going to... Like, I get if he wants the rush, if there are people for him to fight, but they already run the world. Yeah. Like, and they, they control the police. So he... I don't think he wants the rush. I just think he wants to... Destroyed the world, pretty yeah. much. I can see that. I took it as he was just like bored. He's like those eccentric billionaires. No, no, I, I no, no he bo- he's bored absolutely. But I don't think it was more like he wants the like the glory of it. Like he, I think he just wants to destroy the world. But, yeah. but, but, but professor says we can't go public because if we do, the superheroes from the other dimensions will come to our world and fuck our shit up. Just oh like yeah, I forgot that was their big deterrent. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. why that's why Rick, that's what Rick just wants. Rick just wants the superheroes to come here because he wants people to fight. Yeah, he, he's sick and tired of. Then basically, he wants a superhero, superhero, superhero fight. He wants that thrill of the superhero, superhero fight. Yeah, yeah. 
Which I think, again, this is a cool concept. And this is why I like Mr. Rictus better than Wesley. Wesley just wants to fuck shit up while Rictus actually No, this is what's funny to me, because in a lot of ways, they both want the old days. Yeah. They're both very, like, uh, the Professor and Rictus both are nostalgic for the old days and very different reasons. Yeah. Whereas Professor, I think, I think he seems to miss the camaraderie of it. Yeah. Um, Rictus misses the glory. And the gore. And the gore. Because he's obviously a psychopath. Yeah. Well, everyone in this book is a psychopath. Yeah, but he's the craziest of the... Like, he's the most violent and stuff. It's debatable. Wesley's up there. Wesley's up there, yeah. But, like, this is what I'm talking about, is, like, these scenes are really interesting when we talk about them. Yes. I actually like this book when we talk about it. When I read it, I hated it. Yeah. Because, like, the dialogue gets so in the way of these good premises. Yeah. So, uh, the guy that the professor gave the, my condom, he basically swings the vote against Mr. Rictus, so they're going to stay private for another year. Because yeah. he had already talked to yeah. Rictus separately, and he was on his side, yeah. Yeah. and then the professor manipulated him with this present, and yeah. other things he says later, he wore his father's favorite cologne, all this stuff, yeah. to kind of manipulate him to come back to their side. Which is a, a scene I really liked. Yeah. yeah. And, and Mr. Rictus leaves, he's pissed off, and... Uh, Doesn't he say something weird? Yeah, I want to say that. Wesley's like, happy go fucking Mr. Rictus! And, and Mr. Rictus is like... What? What did you say to me? Nothing. And he leans in close. I don't fuck goats, Mr. Gibson. I make love to them. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Is these scenes like this? We were like, this is a great scene. Yeah. It's cool. It's got a lot of cool ideas. And then that's how they end it with it's like I don't fuck goats. Yeah. I make love to them. And it's like, why? Why? Why do you gotta ruin any good thing you have? And uh, just just to clarify. Uh, at the at the uh, one of Virtus's henchmen is called Shithead. He's a guy made out of the shit of all the evil people in history. Like I Hitler. think this uh, this concept is awesome and hilarious. It's Hitler's shit, uh, uh, like Stalin's shit. Yeah, he like traveled through time to get like the monsters of history, all their just shit, and made a clayface monster out of it. Yeah. And I think that is that is the kind of over the top edgy joke that I find funny. Yeah. And like I enjoyed it, where it's you know like. It's, it's a exactly, shit person. It's hysterical. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a shit person. His name is Shithead. Yeah, and so, uh, so, uh, professor's like, uh, like drives home in his limo, um, uh, be happy about his victory today, and then Shithead, uh, smashes through the window and says, "Eat shit and die, you old fart," and basically suffocates him in his body. Well, Shithead was uh, Shithead was uh, Shithead in true clayface form is masquerading as the uh, the chauffeur. Yeah, no, because uh, the, the basically. Uh, it's actually, that's actually not true because Fuckwit says, The old bird's in position, boys. Ready whenever you are. I thought he was Fuckwit. Yeah, F- I, okay. I can't believe we live in, we are doing the show, and I just said the sentence, I'm pretty sure Shithead was Fuckwit. Yeah. So just to clarify, <laughs> his limo driver was Fuckwit. And no, this, this is totally him. Is this that? Is, this is yeah. totally, yeah, this is totally like Shithead. God, well, I can't we, believe I'm saying this. Yeah, oh, Shithead so, was Fuckwit. Yeah. So, right fuck, yeah. so Fuckwit was Shithead instead. It, yeah. they, they body switch. Uh, I'll, I'll take Joe's word for it. I, I, no, because remember, Fuckwit shows up later and he's being detained. <laughs> okay. F- Fuckwit is. I, I horn is Finkel. <laughs> Shit is Fuckwit. Okay, so I think I think guys are right. So to clarify, uh, Fuckwit. It really doesn't matter because Shithead just drowns the so professor. So professor gets shit. killed by Shithead. He doesn't just kill him. He drowns him in shit. And yeah. and and Rector says, "Well," and Shithead says, "Death by the century." Dysentery. Dysentery. Death by dysentery. <laughs> I can't fucking read. So I only knows it from Oregon Trail, so he's never had to pronounce it before. <laughs> and so it ends with uh, Mr. Rictus is like, let's go get the rest of these idiots. Yeah, so Mr. Rictus and his yes. League of Villains, you know, killed the professor. Now, what is, is this issue four or five? This is issue three. 
Fuck. End of Wait, issue. end of issue three? End of issue three. End of issue three. Okay, so we're up yeah. to issue four now. Yeah, and issue four is Crime Pays. And it opens with a flashback to the old days when supervillains were running around. And one of the first supervillains was a group of completely naked men. And people would be basically so... so Focus on their on looking at their dicks while they're robbing shit that they wouldn't look at their faces. Nobody could ID them. You, you could just wear a fucking mask. But then it's not funny and edgy. And then you don't get to see a bunch of dudes' dicks flopping around while they rob a bank. Oh, God, yeah. I forgot about this for a Yeah. Because <laughs> this didn't matter. Yeah. And, and f- this is... Fox is explaining this story to Wesley as, like, these were the first supervillains. Learn your, ro- learn your roots. Learn your roots, asshole. Yeah, learn, learn the lore. <laughs> And she's saying, like, they weren't, they didn't have superpowers, but they were the first gimmick criminals. Yeah. They were in the golden age of the 30s. And once closed captioning, closed caption TV, not closed captioning. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? (laughs) Closed circuit. Closed circuit TV. Closed captioning. (laughs) Those subtitles can really fucking point out their dicks. Yeah. I'm picturing, like, footage of these guys, and then they turn and, like, their names pop up on the bottom, like, old 90s sitcoms. I mean, imagine yeah. if the close captain could censor them, and they lost, <laughs> yeah. lost their effect in this, because people started looking at the, their faces now. Yeah. <laughs> no, but closed circuit TV put an end to the, the big dick robbers or whatever. Yes. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, the Fox explained this to Wesley while they're in bed. Oh, and also, they mentioned that superheroes didn't stop them because they didn't want to wrestle naked dudes. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is, like, it's so, his view of sexuality is so immature. Yeah, like, just who's that, who's that immature like in real law enforcement yeah like, like how, how, how many naked how many naked dudes do cops tackle every day also they would just shoot them yeah they wouldn't have to wrestle them if they were in place the police would just shoot them just like what what you have a gang of naked dudes robbing banks and they show superheroes watching them get away like yeah. So uh, no, I'm not touching that. So while they're talking in bed, uh, Wesley points out that he's kind of sad because he went to a police station and murdered all the police in there for no reason. Yeah, and then he felt bad because he left one woman alive, and he and she was he crying. was gonna rape her or something. He, right? wa- he wanted to rape her, but she was crying and she she was like crying and begging for her life, and he's like, I lost my heart on, I couldn't get up anymore, and I left, and this is our hero. And he broke down in tears because yeah. he realized, like, oh my god, I'm a fucking monster. Yeah, I'm I'm the protagonist of a Mark Moore book. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> And, and the fox explains that um, uh, basically you hit the roadblock where every everyone when they first get the, all the free reign they get the murder and rape everyone, but then you realize like you can't live your life just doing that. You have to learn to be responsible and start dealing with shit. So she's basically explaining why the professor and all of them are still bad guys, but don't why they're not just going around killing everybody. Basically explaining well, why they're not as big an asshole as our protagonist. Yeah, so they're basically ex- she's explaining like why the professor wants the world this way because once you get that out of your system, you just want to be like a a criminal. You know, a white collar crime kind of person, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So, uh, Career criminal. So, so, yeah. So they're right because Fuckwit's getting his face fucked up by one of uh, a traitor. So this is the real Fuckwit. Yeah. And he's be by, by tra- people betrayed uh, the professor. Now the professor's dead. And they, sh- they, they go through all these different members of the professor's group and they're all getting murdered. Uh, they kill Mr. Mixisiplik. Mix. Yeah, the fifth dimensional imp guy that was magic, they kill him. Yeah. And the, the guy that was the traitor who I didn't even remember being in the book previously, so it wasn't exactly a reveal for me. Yeah, me yeah. too. He's like a power siphoner, right? Yeah, so he can... Yeah. He's, he's Superman's He's Parasite. Yeah, yeah, he's Parasite. And, um... So he can steal people's powers and emulate them for 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, so he's, he steals Fuckwit's powers. So he fuck. has Superman's powers. Yeah. And oh, and they also... This is how mean-spirited it is. When they talk about Fuckwit, about how he's like Bizarro, they call him like a Down Syndrome baby and stuff, yeah. and it's like, yeah. why? Yeah. Why be so mean to everybody? Because everyone is mean in this book. I just mean like from a writer perspective. Why do you have to punch down so much? 
one of the super villains in this book, I forgot to mention before. Let's see if I can find his name now. It's a jo- Johnny Two Dicks. Johnny Two Dicks. Here we go. Yeah, what is Johnny this deal? Tudix. He thinks with his dick or something. Uh, he has a, he has an, uh, his dick. He has a second dick that has like its own mind and it controls him. And it's thirteen inches yeah. long. Yeah, basically, it's basically Scar- Scarface and the ventriloquist from Batman. Uh, who is a, a guy with a puppet, and the puppet basically calls all the shots, except in this case, it's his dick calling all the shots. Yeah, it's, you know, that happens. And, and basically, I actually, actually really loved him. Yeah, and basically, uh, the dick... Guy, I thought he was a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, like he has, like, the 1950s gangster voice yeah, and he's everything, like, too. Yeah, Johnny Two Dicks is like, please, Johnny, don't make me do this. Fuck you, cocksucker! You take that fucking crowbar and you've killed this motherfucker! I swear to God, I'll kill you my fucking self! Uh, having a dick call uh, his owner a cocksucker is one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you never see him, you just see the speech bubble coming from, like, his, like, his crotch. Yeah. Like, it took me a second to get who he was. I'm like, where's, like, why is the speech bubble there? I'm like, like oh, you're Johnny Two Dicks. And this is one of the things of that... Of course you are. I was surprised that they didn't show it. I was like, why stop here? Yeah. That's the only thing they do. St- they stop at nudity. There is one panel of a naked woman. Okay. Yeah, there's a panel. Which, I, it's at like the end. So Johnny Two Dicks uh, kills Fuckwit. And he says, don't look at me like that, Fuckwit. I'm only doing what the boss down there tells me. Which is great commentary on men and their uh, judgment and their judgment being judged by the people. Yeah, side. he's thinking with his dick instead yeah. of his brain. A very subtle nuance by Mark Millar. Yeah. And uh, the doll maker... Um, He's basically working on his dolls, and he knows Mr. Richards is there for him, and he's basically trying to do the very cordial. So I'm like, just my my kids are gonna be the ones to find my body. Don't like mangle up my face. Just just shoot me once. Let me peacefully go. And Mr. Yeah. Richards is like, I'm glad you could take this very peacefully, but uh, here's your dead family, and basically shows him photos of all his, his family. Yeah, he says like, you don't have yeah. to worry about that. We already killed your whole family. Yeah. And, and, and the one character I liked in this book yeah. has his family murdered. And he says something we'd like to say, old friend. Something dignified? Something classy and forgiving? And uh, Dollmaker says, Boys, I want you to kill this motherfucker. And all the dolls come alive and attack Mr. I Mr. actually, I kind of love that. This message. is the only yeah. time that I was like, yeah! The only time, the the only time I, you, I cheered for anyone. Yeah, exactly. It was, was the family, like, the actual, like, not, like, nice character, but the family man. Well, yeah. we haven't really seen him do anything terrible. He, he's killed heroes and yeah. stuff. Yeah. He's a bad guy, but like yeah. in this world He's the most nuanced character yeah. in this entire book. By a mile. Yeah. Oh yeah. By two cities over Wesley turns on the news and his girlfriend's on the news saying, Well my my boyfriend killed uh, his best friend and now he's a fucking murderer and, and, and then he's like what the fuck is this we're in a fraternity he should, she shouldn't be saying all this stuff on the news Yeah. and it turns out basically he lost all fraternity privileges when Rictus betrayed all of them Yeah. and uh, Shif- Shithead shows up and um, with like a gang yeah and the fox and Wesley murdered the fuck out of them they kill everybody and they pour bleach all over Shithead so yeah. he like there's, dissolves there's yeah. no tension in these fights whatsoever no they just no. There, there are no fights whatsoever. Yeah, they just, yeah. just shoot the fuck everyone. Like, I can see why the movie. The movie only focuses on the gunplay, and it's all about uh, bending the bullets and all this other shit. And it, it makes sense because Mark Millar does not make any of the superpowers seem appealing at all. He just makes the gunplay seem cool, and not yeah. even that. So what's the point of any of the powers if guns are, can be even shit powers? Yeah, can <laughs> beat shit. Yeah, if guns can beat shit, what's the point of shit? <laughs> well, you also apparently bleach. Bleach also beats shit. Bleach also beats shit. You ever shit. put bleach on shit? No. Me neither. <laughs> so I'll take Mark Millar's word that he did like the groundbreaking research. <laughs> so, they, so they kill uh, shithead and they, they flush him down the toilet, and then uh, issue, issue five is called the shit list. Yeah. And then, or, or, or the shit list, because shithead's dead. 
Oh, the shit list. <laughs> no, I think it is is a shit list. But like, how I'm many like issues is in total? Six. Uh, six. six yeah. Okay. So then, uh, Wesley and uh, Fox are now like getting ready to murder everyone. And uh, meanwhile, the rest of the five get called by Mr. Rectus. Mr. Rectus is like, "We're gonna go public now. Fuck all of you." And and he has Batman and Robin tied up. Adam West and Burt Ward. Yeah, they're like they're like it was a TV show. Why, why, why are you tying us up? And he's like, no, you you detective assholes are always yeah, fucking my. You shit were up. really Batman and Robin, but we you know did the we mind can, one thing. Yeah. You're really Batman and Robin. But we can't. We have the rights Batman and Robin, so we can't call you. Yeah. Back. Also, we didn't mention this. There is kind of an underlying mystery of who actually killed his dad, where he like asks Fox at one point, "Did you kill my dad?" And she yeah. says, "No, I loved him." Uh, the villains think yeah, Fox had. did it. That was the whole point with Shithead before he pours the bleach on him. Was like, did, who killed my dad? Yeah. So there is this underlying mystery of who killed him. And he he thinks Mr. Rictus is too obvious of an answer. Yeah. Because Mr. Rictus says he didn't do it. Yeah. But he, like, wanted to or whatever. Yeah, then he puts in that the, uh, um, it's a whole sub... I think he gets that from Shithead where he's like, oh no, it might have been the professor because the professor... Because his dad was gunning for the professor's yeah. seat. Yeah, and he defected from uh, Mr. Rich's professor because he wanted control of America. Yeah. It would be great if you cared about these yeah, characters Yeah, that's the thing all. is I don't give yeah. a fuck. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't need closure for this. So they have all these supervillains like a woman that can poison ivy basically from control plants. They have a guy who can be... She says something really dumb in this too, doesn't she? She says something really tasteless. Probably. Oh yeah, uh, no. Uh, basically, one of the guys is like a, a Nazi. There we go. And he says that's what this book needed. Yeah. yeah so he, he's he, yeah, a Nazi supervillain. Yeah. Who's like po- branded SS. And po- boys and Ivy's like, you have no idea how liberating it feels just to let these gifts run wild again, future. How did we let them talk us into restraining ourselves all these years? How could we have been satisfied with these tiny little death holes and practicing in private? And uh, the guy, future, is like, it's the Jews I want the most. I told him I could suffer the blacks and the chinks. Well, they promised me the Jews back in 86. Treacherous bloody bastards. Uh, and then they, both of them get murdered by uh, Wesley. And and basically, no matter what powers they have, no matter how cool they might be, vegetation control, psychosis-inducing, hypnotism. They all get beaten by a guy with a gun. Yeah, very good writing. And uh, Parasite shows up, and he has fuck with powers. Like, I'm going to fuck your shit up. Yeah, this is this is that drives your whole point home about the uh, his avoidance of fight scenes. And yeah. and and uh, he says for 24 hours I got every superpower fuck who was packing, and that means you two are fucking dog food, man. Yeah, and they're like up on like uh, a currently being yeah. built skyscraper, so he's like flying above yelling. And what he says, you steal fuck with IQ or something when you siphoned up his superpower, sucker. The fuck you talking about, bitch? 24 hours was up uh, half a second ago, and then Parasite falls to his death. Good yeah. thing we didn't, didn't have a fight there. That would have been. Uh... Also, how does Wesley know the exact time? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't there when they like, asset yeah. like gang murdered like fuckwit. Yeah, yeah. This is dumb. This is yeah. a bad book, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> how about you and I both paid for this? Yeah, yeah. It was Sly's idea. He's just this whole podcast is Sly punking us to spend all money on bullshit. You're <laughs> 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 successful. <laughs> Then Wesley murders more, more people, more, 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 more people. This whole issue is just him murdering people. And he murders fucking Mr. Rictus. And he says, who killed my dad? And Mr. Rictus says, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. 
And he says, wrong for a- wrong answer, shit for brains. So instead of like following up and yeah. asking him again, he just kills. It's pretty him. much it's pretty much like um, Fox and Wesley fighting impossible odds and beating all these powerful people with guns in scenes that don't make much sense. Yeah, he'd other ra- than the fact that he kills people faster than they can use their powers. Well, I don't know how he's ever gonna find out who killed his dad unless there's some sort of just reveal of Deus Ex Machina of some character showing up about to tell him. Uh, speak of which, his dad shows up and tells him. <laughs> was- his dad, whose whose like brains we saw get blown out earlier in the. Book. Yeah, and uh, Webster's wife is like, um, you might fuck you. You might be a fucking shapeshifter or some shit. But uh, the fox is like, oh, we know we planned this out where I was fake. I was fake kill him, and then we will uh, basically. Uh, I forget what the fuck is it. I mean? don't get why they did this. Why did they do this? Oh, to train Wesley. Oh, to train Wesley. I guess. Yeah. Which because his dad feels bad about not being there. His dad and... abandoned him. His dad feels bad, not because he abandoned his son, yeah. not because he wasn't there for him, because his son grew up to be a pussy. Yeah. yeah. No, but he feels his son. He feels like he grew, his son grew up to be a pussy because he abandoned him. Yeah. yeah but like, that's shitty. Yes. <laughs> well, welcome to this book. His, his, yeah. ass, his son's not a violent fucking asshole. Yeah. Well, now he is. He's this repressed rapist, and basically, Millar is saying the point that if you're a wimp, it's because you're just repressing your like rapist tendencies. So do you think that because he flashbacks to like uh, him and with his mom? Uh, for the record, the art during these flashbacks is really really cool. It's very nineteen sixties uh, comic style. Yeah, and I actually thought that was really really cool. But like he explains like how he met his mom at a bar, and uh, like a supervillain bar, and uh, and basically she wanted to be a homemaker and he wanted to go and fight. Shit, fuck he wanted to continue living his life of killing people. Yeah, yeah and um, is, was this supposed to be sentimental? Do you guys think, or do you, do you think this is just explanation? Dry explanation. I think it's dry explanation. Because uh, um, I, I think parts of it are. It does not work. Uh, the, yeah, of course. But like, I, I think I think he's trying. Oh yeah, there's there's a test. There one there's a process there for Tish hanging out. Just one panel of just a topless woman. Yeah. Don't know why. It's just weird to like if you made it so far. And I don't. I have no problem with the nudity in the book. But like, why do it now at the end of issue six? Especially when they've had people having sex. Yeah. Multiple times in this book. But also, for the record, even though there's no nudity, every woman always has nipples in this in this book, including the panel in the flashback where him and his mom are on the couch, like watching TV, and his mom it must be freezing in that apartment because his mom has like super nips for no reason. Like why? It might not be in this flashback, but there's one flashback. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Why? What a weird thing to put in. So also, is you missed the part where his dad tells his. His dad's talking about like how great his mom was at sex and all this stuff. Oh yeah, let me see. Wait, let me get back to where I forgot about that. And I don't think we need this. I know we, we need yeah. specifics. <laughs> and he's just like the listener needs. He's like, I thought that I thought they trained all your sexual repression out, and he's like, I still don't want to hear about like how fuck how much how hard you fucked my mom. <laughs> this is what happened with you and mom. She put uh, she picked out your car keys. That's disgusting. Sean, oh yeah, it was a key party. Yeah, Sean, we never even got home that night. We fucked in my flame chaser for two days solid, and my God, she was hot. The things she could that woman could do for fingers. Uh, can we change the subject, please? Why? I thought the fox had deprogrammed all those weird sexual hangouts you've been carrying around and Fox is like a girl can only do so much baby took almost a two entire weeks to get him over his fear of Kungalingus even though even though I hate this guy Wesley and he's a piece of shit I don't do you love his sex positiveness no I don't I don't know who I feel bad for here like I, I guess I feel bad for him because his dad's like being so over the top with this like sex story about his mom. But like it's everything. I don't feel bad for him. Everything about it is so weird. Where I like don't know what emotion I'm supposed to be getting out of this book. Yeah. So then are the, you? 
supposed to be getting emotional? I out? think you are. Cause I, I'll, I'll say this for for closing thoughts. It's fiction. But... I'm supposed to have some sort of response. Yeah. Otherwise, why read it? They're, they're crying at the end. This tear is being shed. It's supposed to be some emotional scene because the, the final scene is the dad's like, now you have to kill me, Wesley. And So he did this whole thing to train Wesley and now he's saying your final act is to... Shoot me in the head. To shoot me in the head, yeah. And basically, and Wesley's like, why? And Wesley Sr. is like, uh, someone's going to kill me someday and I don't want to die to some fucking lucky piece of shit superhero. I want my son to kill me. I want somebody who, who deserves to kill me to kill me. And um, he says, now will you stop being such a fucking pussy and pull that goddamn trigger? And Wesley's like, this is horrible. I know it's horrible, but it's also why I trained you. I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. Like No, but I really love you, Dad. So pull that fucking trigger, huh? And he shoots him in the head. Yeah. And, and they're both crying during this moment. Yeah. I think this must be sentiment during that scene. I, I don't... But, like, we also only just met the dad yeah. in this issue. Or, like, the last page of the last issue. So, like, I don't give a shit. Also, he, like, abandoned his son. Like, I don't feel bad for... Any, like. No, but he wanted to go visit him a lot. While I, his son was asleep. I guess. So... He really looks like Eminem. Yeah, he does. I, like, wasn't thinking of that when I read it, because, like, I don't think of Eminem often. <laughs> and, like, I think of him every day. He really, <laughs> he really yeah. looks like Eminem. I, I thought of it, and then when uh, when we finished it, I had looked up stuff, and it's like, the main characters are based off of Halle Berry and Eminem, and I'm like, yes, I, I also got that vibe. <laughs> so, uh, Halle, Halle, Halle Berry says, oh, now that everyone's dead except us, now we're in charge of the syndicate, now we're going to get all this fucking money, and Eminem's like, I mean, Wesley Gibson's like, I'm not interested. And, and she's like, what? I'm just not interested in this shit anymore. You think this is how I want to live my life? You think this is how I want to die? Some dysfunctional mess that couldn't even stick around and raise his own son? Like I said before, I'd rather be a prick than an asshole any day of the week. Well, he's both, so it's fine. Yeah. And she's like, so what are you going to do? I don't know. Go find a job, I guess. If you, if you guys can really cover this up, maybe even go back and do my old one. You really got that much appetite for eating shit, Wesley? You really learned nothing from that experience? I learned you can't solve every problem with a bullet, Fox. What I did to Lisa wasn't any better than what my dad to my, did to my mom. And look how that turned out. Uh, oh, they're pretty different scenarios, yeah. for the record. Oh, please, don't tell me you're going back to that fast, skank. She couldn't buy a pack of cigarettes without sucking somebody's cock. She was still my girlfriend, man. And she deserved a hell of a lot better than being ditched by some dickwad on that lesson power trip. And, and Highbury's like, wait a minute. You're fucking with me here, right? Of course I'm fucking with you, bitch. Now let's go see what $10 million looks like in real life. And it's just... I'm like, not going to lie. When that scene happened and he's like, no, fuck that. Let's go see the money. I was like, oh, thank you, God. Because the speech seems so disingenuous and bizarre. And like, I was like, he had known none of these doubts before. Aside from that one panel where he cried when he like killed all those cops. I was like, where the fuck is this coming from? Yeah, that's how I felt too. I was like, I swear, if this book is going to do this and this is supposed to be the moral message of this book, I would have been like, this would have been... Like, this is already, like, probably the worst thing I've ever read. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then if it was, like, if then if he pulled out this moral part, and then he's like, no, I'm walking away from this life after all this, I would have been like, this is definitely, this is, like, as bad as this is, this would have been so much worse if it tried to have a message at the end. Before that, it was the worst book you've read up to this point. If they did that, it'd be the worst book you'll ever read. <laughs> so now we have to the final speech. Uh, what's he gets to the reader? There, happy now? Please see the mystery resolved? Little old me getting the girl to cash and ending our story as one of the secret masters of the world? God, you're Oh, because they joined the five now. Yeah. God, you're such an asshole. And I speak from experience. It only seemed like yesterday I was at your level on the pathetic meter 
Why should I give it? Why should you give a shit how my life turns out? I shouldn't. You're you're killing yourself. I don't. <laughs> you're killing yourself working twelve hour days, getting fat on cheap takeout food, and your girlfriend's almost certainly fucking other guys. Just because you got your got a plasma screen TV and a big DVD collection doesn't mean you're a free man, motherfucker. You're just a well paid slave like those other cattle out there. And and even this comic was just a 15 minute respite from how hard we're fucking you. Used to think the rules always like this: they shoot the wars, the famine, the terrorism, and the rigged elections. But now you know better, right? Now you know what's happened to superhero heroes. And you know what the funny thing is? You know what makes me laugh? While I'm on the other side. You're just going to close this book and buy something else to fill that empty big void we've left created in your life. This is my face while I'm fucking you in the ass. And it's a full page of him making this obnoxious face. Old face. Yeah. The end. The end. The end. Big cat. Mercifully. And oh. the thing is, I got so mad at this end because the idea of this is the secret history of the world where there was superheroes and the supervillains won and reshaped reality to give everyone these mundane existences that are boring without the vibrant colors and, and mis- mis- like mystifying magic of superheroes should be a really cool concept. But it's done so poorly at this end that <laughs> I'm like, fuck you guys. It's barely even addressing the story. It's not really a theme of the story. Yeah, that's the thing. is th- That's the best part of the whole story, and it's barely a part of the story. Yeah. So, final thoughts. Josiano. Uh, this is the worst thing I've ever read. <laughs> Um, it is, and I, I said at the start, would y'all recommend this? Yes, I would, because it is the worst thing I've ever read. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's something to behold. It's something, um, until we get to Ryan's, uh, point that he's going to make that I don't know <laughs> if I'd ever, like, read again. Um, it, that ending makes me not want to buy another Mark Millar book ever again. Yeah. Well, we're going to be doing Mark Millar books from now on because I have to buy them. A, a lot of them are like this book. <laughs> he, this is the, he's the only writer who's repeated for the show and he, this is his third episode. We have only 11 episodes from me right now. Yeah. It's just because I love, like I love Trouble, I love his Spider-Man. Like there's a lot of Mark Millar that I love. He could be a great writer. And then there's this and I don't, I don't understand how they can be the same person. Yeah. Like it is fascinating to me. <laughs> That like, and here's the thing: when we're like, we're like, you're like, what's like, what's the message of this book? And like, I think I'm like, I don't think there was one. Yeah. I think this was just like it. It, and to his credit, I, he he made this and he got people to publish <laughs> he it. He finished it. To his credit, this is a thing that exists. No, no, no. <laughs> but like, he made this, and we paid money for it. Yeah. Collectively, like we paid. He got a movie made out of this. He got yeah. a movie deal out. I'm of I'm sure this. he made a shit ton of money off this book. Yeah. Like. So I can't hate on him for this because, like, he's like, I want to make this book about this terrible person, and he made this book about this terrible person. And he doesn't who like, becomes a more yeah. terrible person. Yeah, and it's bizarre. And like, I've read some of his thoughts, like, not on this book specifically, but like when he made Ultimate Captain America, and he's like, it's supposed to be a satire on like military, like politics and yeah. stuff. And it's supposed to not inspire, like, it's supposed to be, like, like, the dark side of the military, kind of. Yeah, but there is other inspiring things going on in yeah. those stories. No, but, like, how could he be so nuanced with that and then yeah. make this, was my point. Because yeah. we had to be with an editor, and the editor said, don't be so Mark Millar, probably. Or who knows, maybe he just has more of an affinity for superheroes, and when it's other people's characters, he cares more about them. I don't know. No, but, like, 
when you're like, what's the point of this book? And I'm like, I don't think there is one. Yeah. I, what, the, I don't I don't think there's a damn point in this book. It's funny because I've seen where he says, nah, I'm just fucking with you. I laugh at that scene because I was like, you literally basically said to the reader, there is no point to this book. Yeah. Because that's basically what he said. There's no scene. arc. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's why I recommend it, though, is because there is... I actually had the exact same thoughts you had when I read this book. Then I watched the movie, and I'm like, after I watched the movie, I'm like, there's no reason to read this book at all now. Everything good is in the movie. What good is in... <laughs> like the fucking concept of like, oh, secret society, fucking there's destiny, shit like okay, that. Okay, that brings me to what I wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, I haven't seen this movie, but the other Mark Millar movie I mentioned earlier was Kingsman. Yeah. Secret Service. And I saw that movie and I absolutely loved it. And actually, I loved it so much that during the credits, I bought the book. And I had read the book, you know, whenever it got in the mail, before I read Wanted, even though it was written after. And... It's the same fucking book. And I don't think Kingsman's a very good book either. It's better than this. But Kingsman is about a guy whose dad was a member of a secret organization who took off when he was young and he's this little shit stain in like like uh, the working class of England and his dad took off and his dad gets killed in the line of duty for the secret society and this guy mentors him and takes him under his wing and trains him and, like, he, you know, is filling his dad's role, and it's the same fucking book, and it makes me hate this book even more, and it makes me hate Kingsman even more, too. King, Kingsman was boring, this book was offensive to me, but, like, how do, how do you write the same book twice and make two fantastic movies out of yeah. them? Maybe it's, like, it's, um, what's the Woody Allen quote? People, someone was like, why do you keep making the same movie over and over again? And he's like, because one day I'll get it right. <laughs> That's what Mark Miller's doing. He's writing the same book over and over again. He's like, going to do this right one day. One one day he's going to get that concept of like piece of shit middle class person getting picked up by a secret society and becoming more of a piece of shit. Yes, but like I've never read two books that were more note for note. It is more note for note than adaptations. It seems to me like Kingsman is more like Wanted than the Wanted movie is. Yeah. Like the the book, Kingsman. And it has the same dialogue. It has the same like characters. And it's just, I don't get how you do that. So to me, I can't I can't say that these are even good bad. Because I was so bored by this and Kingsman. Like this the book. book is so offensive. Just I, I forgot about instead. the part where he rapes people. Yeah. So I think it's a terrible book. Uh, to be fair, Ryan, because I, I called him out for liking... Wait, no. I'm bringing this up. Okay, bring it up. Sly. <laughs> so you guys have all heard Sly shit on me. A bunch of times of like, oh, when Ryan was in college, he liked Cry for Justice because Ryan's an idiot. When Ryan first saw Green Lantern, he wanted to like it so bad that he pretended it was good. Okay. <laughs> did we bring that up yet in this podcast? Uh, I did. Whoops. Okay. I'm an asshole who sometimes <laughs> likes shitty things until finally I realize they're shitty. I, I'm the kind of fan who wants things to be good so bad. And I know by the time we make they make it to the show, I hate on things. But like, I try to like things so bad. And Sly gives me hell for it. Because some of the things I like are bad things. And Sly makes us read this book. He makes us pay for them. I don't mind gi- I don't mind giving this my money. I don't know if I'll give any of his other... Like, I'm not going to go out and buy Kingsman. Yeah. Like, or, If you're dying to read it, you can borrow I'm it. Never you can go- have it. You can have it. No, I, ha- <laughs> I have a shelf of things that I put by my bed. So I'm like, look at the shame that you've done. Am I just like... <laughs> So I wake up in the middle of the night and think of a bad dream. And like from a nightmare, I look yeah. at my shelf and I'm like, it could be worse. I yeah. could like these books. 
I kind of want to read this. Uh, I'll save it for the recommendations. So you're saying about <laughs> me giving you shit? So yeah. So Sly gives me shit. Sly makes us buy this book, and I read it today, and I hated it, and I'm so upset. And then Sly goes, you know, this was the, one of the first graphic novels I ever read, and I actually really liked it. Fuck you, Sly. In my defense... You're I, an asshole. I was, in your defense, I was right you. in the demographic for this book. I was the edgelord shithead fucker. Edgelord shithead? <laughs> <laughs> the asshole that you know no one likes a teenager no one likes I was the demographic for this book you, 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 you were Wesley I was Wesley Gibson I looked at Eminem at the time so come on so you know what <laughs> I'm glad that you went from a teenager that nobody likes to an adult that I can I, a good bad adult that I can uh, ironically appreciate <laughs> <laughs> so so I have two things for okay. the letters page so we got a message ab- about our Batman vs Superman episode mm-hmm. that it's not really any question. It's not really a question, but it's an addendum to some things that we might have missed. Joe and I disagree if we missed these or not. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Tony says the tiger. Yeah, Tony the tiger <laughs> says that uh, Batman vs Superman is great. <laughs> <laughs> He says, I think you guys missed a big part of Superman's funeral. Superman's not dead, which we did reference, but not nearly enough. (laughs) Just like the movie. He said, did you not hear his heartbeat before the dirt started floating? Just like when Batman dies in Dark Knight Returns and Clark hears his heart starts beating again. So apparently when the heartbeat starts, that's... But Batman faked his death. Yeah. <laughs> That's just something like Yeah. What if a Superman's an asshole and he's pretending to be dead? <laughs> so he could get two funerals. <laughs> so God, look at all this love they can give me. Also, in that one crazy unnecessary dream, Batman grabs oh, Robin that was super, at the Wait, end. time out. That was super necessary. That was all about Jack Kirby's fourth world. Okay, yeah, we know, Joe. We get it. Do we, Ryan? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. So, in that one crazy unnecessary dream, Batman grabs Robin at the end, and he goes on to elaborate that... Even though it's not explicitly Robin, it looks a lot like Carrie Kelly from the Dark Knight Returns Robin. Joe says that that's total bullshit. Wait, what? <laughs> flashback? In the, in the, did I say flashback? In the dream, in the desert. Yeah. He grabs someone that looks just the like Carrie world. Kelly at the end before he wakes up. So is that a Robin homage? I don't know. I don't okay. think so. And is, is she in the Robin costume? I guess not. Then it's now Robin Homage. Okay, okay. Otherwise, good job. I missed some things in the movie. Then again, my wife was snoring through the whole thing. There we go. <laughs> so, I'm I sorry. I don't, I don't mean to belittle this, like any of these points here. <laughs> so, you know, just just wanted to say that maybe yeah. maybe we missed some stuff. Maybe, no, no, no. no, like, no Carrie Kelly would make total sense in, yeah. in this movie and only this movie. Or at least for her to be in that with this whole thing being a Dark Knight Returns yeah. homage. So that's not bad, but like it, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a Robin homage though. I wouldn't say okay, that. That's I fair. would I would not say Robin is in this movie. Well, he's he has uh, his suit in the movie, and apparently his suit has a halberd on it. So that means Robin probably killed people too. Yeah, almost certainly. How, how could you not? Yeah. Yeah. And then the second letter comes from Facebook, and it's from Sean. This is a, this is a question. Okay. Do you think that A-listers can be legacy heroes? Characters like Batman and Superman sometimes go away for a little while, but will almost always come back. Do you guys think it's possible to fully replace an A-list character, or if the any exam- if there are any examples of an A-lister character retiring or dying and staying dead, or is rest only for B, C, D, and F-listers, who editorial can let writers change without fear of fan outcry like Manhunter or any JSA member, pretty much? So when we talk about legacy characters, that's like when 
a character dies and a new one takes up the mantle, just like Wesley in Wanted. <laughs> Not very appropriate. Doing so, like for example, Robin. We talked a lot about Robin yeah. just now. Dick Grayson was Robin from 1941, whenever he debuted, to the mid 80s, and he's never gone back to being Robin. I would personally say Robin's an A-lister. Yeah. I mean, he was replaced by Jason Todd, mm-hmm. who was replaced by Tim Drake, who was replaced by Damian Wayne. Robin's an exception that proves the, that proves the rule to me, though, because he grew out of his role. Like most of Robins are really young, and 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 Dick, grew, uh, he grew out of the role. Like if you, if you yeah, ever... Dick was allowed to grow up out of the role. But at well, the time, time, Robin didn't have to be a kid. He was a teen, and then he was a an early twenties character. The fact that he... He became an adult, though. Yeah, yeah but, yeah, but he was allowed to grow up where I don't think Tim Drake and Damien ever will be. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. So do you think that maybe at one point A-listers were allowed to be replaced and oh, now definitely. that shit yeah, has Yeah, the failed? 80s. The 80s and 90s. Right? I think DC has more of a legacy aspect because in 1955, their whole company rebooted and yeah. they had a new Flash, a new Green Lantern, a new, you know, uh, Adam, all these characters. But... Still stayed Bruce Wayne as Batman, Diana as Wonder Woman, and Clark Kent as Superman. So do you think we'll ever get full legacies for, like, the the A-listers? Not all of them. I, I could see maybe one, but they'd have to, A, commit to it, and B, deal with the outrageous fan backlash that would come with it. Do you know when I think it'll happen? Uh, you... The Marvel movies. If the Marvel movies, when the main canon actors don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Like, if Chris Evans retires his cap, they could either recast Captain America, which good luck finding someone as perfect as Chris Evans, <laughs> or they could have the Falcon or Bucky take up the mantle. And I think once the movie universe shows that it can work in a mainstream level and have a Bucky as Captain America movie and still make a bunch of money... I think the comics will be more progressive about it. Yeah. Or more permanent about it's it. It's something you ever want to see, though. I, do. I love legacies. I know it's you my do. favorite thing about comic books. It's something that only exists in comic books because where... I guess Doctor Who is the only other exception I could think of yeah. where you have things actually replaced over decades and decades and actually kind of matter. That, you know, it, it's a, DC has kind of pulled back that in recent years. I, th- I think they regretted the decision to, to do that in the 80s and 90s because uh, I, f- I hear a lot of people talk about, with like, you, do, you divide the fan base when you make legacy characters because not everyone who's a Kyle Rayner fan is a, is a Hal Jordan fan. And vice versa, Green Lantern. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Like, I thought it was, mis- while well, it may have seemed a mistake at the beginning, they battled through it to the point where... They, Wally West was accepted as Flash, as the yeah. Flash, and Kyle Rayner was, even though that's the thing when I said, like, you can do this, but you have to commit and deal with yeah. the death. Like I said, uh, they fought, they, they were willing to fight through in the 90s, but I think as time went on, maybe it's just because a lot of uh, fanboys of Barry and all these older characters beca- became editors and writers, but I think in general they feel like we made a mistake. We should just stick with the iconic version and stick with that from now on. But don't you think when the. When fanboys from the 90s become editors and writers, there might be a big return to that kind of new legacy aspect. That's going to be fascinating to see. I, yeah. I, I, I think... Um, and I don't even like legacy characters. Yeah, they're like... I know you're less great on them. They're like my favorite. I, I've, I've been on the wrong side of the legacy character. Yeah. I don't ever want to see my characters get a send-off. Like, I love reading my favorite characters and to have a... a genres such as comics where these characters can like 
grow with me and yeah. for years and years and years. Not that there's anything wrong with characters having set endings and going off into the sunset. Yeah. But I like having an endless amount of juggernaut stories yeah. and things like that. I and, think legacies are something that for the D listers even though it makes me sad sometimes, you can tell such interesting stories that you can't tell in any other medium. Oh, that's a very fair point. Well, I agree with Ryan that it's going to be based on the movies. Uh, whoever the movies pick will be whoever gets replaced in the books. And we will have temporary replacements in the books like they have now for uh, Thor and uh, Captain America. Maybe they'll stick around, maybe they won't. But I don't think Well, Captain be... America's already going back. Yeah. But Thor is not. Yeah, yeah but he's... he's... He's back to being young and being active, but he's not Captain... But I think he's going to be. Yeah, but, like, Sam Wilson's also Captain, and Sam Wilson has the Circle Shield. Yeah. I, I so, don't... really, who's the more Captain? Who's the more ca- Who's the real Captain? <laughs> yeah. who's the real... Okay, so before we move on to recommendations, I just want to mention if anybody else has any letters, if you want to write us in, our Facebook page, Divisive Issues, at Divisive Issues on Twitter, mm-hmm. divisiveissues at gmail.com, and we've been getting a lot of ratings on iTunes lately, which is super awesome. Love us. Yeah, so if you guys could keep that up, any ratings or reviews would be great. And uh, that's basically all I got to say. We're on iTunes. Love us. Love us. Love okay, us. so. Recommendations. I, I, You know mine. Go watch Wanted Movie. It's fucking great. Uh, it is... There is no reason to read the book. The movie is better in every single possible way. It's amazing. It's such a great movie. Go watch it. Okay, my recommendation is qualified because I hated it the first time I read it, (laughs) but now I really like it. If you like this kind of really hyper-sexual, dark, bizarrely confusing story, Grant Morrison's The Filth (laughs) is a book that I really didn't like the first time, but after I read The Invisibles, I really started to appreciate it. It's something that I would recommend taking slow and reading a couple times. I think it does the kind of what if the world is run by a secret organization of assholes a lot more interestingly than Wanted does. And it has a beautiful deluxe hardcover now that I would recommend. But go in knowing that it is a tough read. It is not for a new Grant Morrison fan at all. (laughs) But I think it's a really cool book that does what this tries to do immensely better. What about you, Joe? Um, you know what? I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go against myself here because I can't think of anything worse to recommend than this. So you can't uh, troll because this is I the can't worst troll. Thing. This is this is the troll recommendation. Um, I feel so weird saying. I, now I feel weird saying because sometimes I, I you never just like recommend to be, good things. No, but I never like to be negative. But like this is a book that's hard to yeah feel a lot of positive about. Um, I'm reckon the Superior Foes of Spider Man. That's good. Book. It's the total opposite of this. It, it, it is. It is a villain-centric book that is a lot of fun. Um, it does villain protagonists in a way that you like them. Yeah. It is everything I like about comics in a lot of I ways. I can attest that it's actually fantastic. a really good example of yeah. You, you're villains that are villains, but and they're the protagonists, but you root for them because like a lot of the, some of them are, are kind of like, yeah. kind of pathetic. A lot, yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. A lot of them kind of are what. Wesley should be. Yeah. If he wasn't a complete dirtbag. Because you, 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 they expect us to feel bad for Wesley, but we don't. But we do actually feel bad for the characters of Spirit of the Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. And you want to see them succeed. Yeah. Where you never want to see anyone in this book succeed. Yeah. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm disappointed. I'm actively disappointed when they do succeed in Wanted. Yeah. So that's my recommendation. And also, one thing that I feel like I'm the only one who could bring this up without being super arrogant 
I want to plug some stuff that you guys have been doing that's really, really great. Uh, Sly just released his first graphic novel. It's The Smoke Man. And I read it yesterday, and it's really good. Thank you. So He's beaming right now. You can't, you can't <laughs> see it, but Sly is very Sly happy. did everything. He wrote it, inked it, penciled it. Not in that order, and lettered it, and it's <laughs> after I've I'm doing charcoal marks on it. Yeah, it's really great. It's on Amazon. It's called The Smoke Man. Everyone should read it. And Joe has some issues that I guess Sly also drew. So yes, <laughs> that are available. Are they available online at all? Tales of Happenstance. Yeah, yeah, they're all on jciano.wordpress.com. Okay, and they're also available at Escape Pod Comics. Yes, on um, Long Island. If yeah, anyone's be, local. I'll be doing a thing. Um, free comic book day at Escape Pod Comics. I'm going to be there. Um, I'm going to have the print issues for three and four. Um, two, one and two are at the shop right now, and then three and four are going to make their debut. And they're also fantastic. It's two stories in each issue, yeah. so you get twice as much for your money. If you want to see the uh, if the the great voice matches the pretty face. Um, it <laughs> does, and you can come see me. If you want to see us put our money where mouth is and write books... No, if you want to see them put your money in their mouths, give them money. Yes. And also, all yeah. of this stuff is available on our website, Novel Graphics. Is there a hyphen? Yes, novel-graphics.com. Novel, yeah. Novel yeah. yeah. And that has all this stuff on it. It does. It has all the uh, Tales of Happenstance issues. Cool. So that's our episode. All right, well, thank you for joining us on this um, shit-filled adventure. (laughs) This shitty book. Oh, boy. Well, I'm shithead. I'm fuckwit. And I'm Ryan Lynch. (laughs) There we go. All right, good night, everyone. Stay in continuity.